This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we flip through the book of history and bring you a new page every day. Today is June 11th, 2019. The day was June 11th, 1971. After 19 months of protesting, the occupation of Alcatraz ended when federal marshals removed the Native Americans who remained on the island. Native oral histories referenced tribal use of Alcatraz Island, but by the 18th century, it was attracting the attention of Europeans. In the mid-1800s, the U.S. Army began to use Alcatraz Island to house military prisoners. Native Americans who resisted the dominance and assimilation imposed by the U.S. government were also locked up on the island without any legal proceedings. Other Native Americans who were tried in military courts as prisoners of war were sentenced to time at Alcatraz. In 1934, the island operated as a U.S. prison. By March of 1963, United States Penitentiary Alcatraz Island closed due to financial and operating issues and a declining reputation. The next year, a group of Native Americans went to Alcatraz Island, claiming the property as Native land based on the Treaty of Fort Laramie. The treaty, signed in 1868, was an agreement between the United States and Lakota, Dakota, and Arapaho peoples. The treaty provided that the U.S. would return defunct federal lands to Native American tribes. So when the group of about 40 Native Americans and supporters landed on Alcatraz Island in 1964, one of the protesters offered to pay 47 cents per acre to purchase the island, which was the same amount of money that the state of California had offered Native tribes for land claims based on 1853 land values. Federal marshals removed the group from the island, but this demonstration encouraged Native Americans in the Bay Area to occupy Alcatraz years later. Native Americans began advocating for the transformation of Alcatraz into a Native American cultural center and school. The occupation of Alcatraz that began in 1969 was a part of the Red Power Movement. The movement grew out of opposition to the U.S. government dissolving treaty agreements, terminating recognition of more than 100 tribes as sovereign dependent nations, and encouraging Native Americans to leave reservations in traditional lands and assimilate into urban areas. Calls for self-determination and protests of the government's treatment of Native Americans, including issues of land rights, abounded. Since the federal government had abandoned Alcatraz, Native Americans claimed they had a treaty right to file a claim on the island. On November 9, 1969, a group of Native Americans gathered at Pier 39 in San Francisco, and Mohawk activist Richard Oakes read a proclamation by the Indians of all tribes, the name the activist group took. As a boat called the Monte Cristo took 50 passengers to circle Alcatraz, some of the people jumped off and attempted to swim to the island. One person made it, but the rest had to be rescued. After a fisherman agreed to take some of the activists to the island, 14 Native Americans ended up staying the night at Alcatraz. But the occupation that lasted the longest began on November 20th, 1969. 
about 90 Native Americans went to Alcatraz and set up a permanent occupation. And they issued a proclamation. The proclamation was addressed to the Great White Father and all his people. In it, they offered $24 in glass beads and red cloth to purchase Alcatraz Island. The following is part of a proclamation that the Indians of all tribes drew up. We will purchase said Alcatraz Island for $24 in glass beads and red cloth, a precedent set by the white man's purchase of a similar island about 300 years ago. We know that $24 in trade goods for these 16 acres is more than was paid when Manhattan Island was sold, but we know that land values have risen over the years. Our offer of $1.24 per acre is greater than the 47 cents per acre the white men are now paying the California Indians for their land. The proclamation continued, this tiny island would be a symbol of the great lands once ruled by free and noble Indians. The Native Americans on the island established an elected council and jobs on the island. There was a security force, a nursery, a school, and health clinic, and other establishments. Outside activists sent supplies for the occupation, and people sent donations from around the country. A Dakota tribe member set up Radio Free Alcatraz, which broadcast a daily program for people to keep up with the occupation. The demonstrators called for the deed to the island, a native university, a cultural center, and a museum. But the U.S. government wanted them off the island and did not agree to these terms. Over the next several months, divisions arose in the organization and non-Native people began living on the island. And in January of 1970, the stepdaughter of Richard Oakes, a 13-year-old girl named Yvonne Oakes, died at Alcatraz after she fell off of a balcony. The U.S. entered a policy of non-interference with the occupation, but as leadership disintegrated, three occupiers were arrested and found guilty of selling copper, and the press began publishing stories of assault, the occupation began losing steam. The power and telephone service was cut to Alcatraz, and at one point, a fire burned some of the buildings on the island. People began leaving the island. On June 11, 1971, Federal marshals arrived armed on the island and arrested the last 15 occupiers. But over the course of the occupation, President Richard Nixon announced an end to termination and the return of Blue Lake to the Taos Pueblo Native Americans. Occupied lands near Davis, California, will become home to a Native American university. Legislation was passed that supported tribal self-rule. The occupation also sparked other actions, like the occupation of Mount Rushmore and Wounded Knee. The National Park Service opened Alcatraz to the public in 1973. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us at TDIHC Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you've been listening for the last couple of weeks, then you know that I have a new show called Unpopular. Unpopular is about people in history who resisted and were sometimes persecuted for it. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.